the Nordics, the whalers, the seals, the Americans, the North Stars. Who's gonna stall? Who will go far and earn the keg? Who's gonna earn the keg? We'll find out in time. Give us a holler on the whoop line. And the Monday Night Lights podcast is back. Brian Piercy here with Troy Otto and Doug Milson, how are you boys doing today? <laughs> Good, man. You? I'm, I'm hanging in there. What about you, Troy? Happy to be back. I'd rather be in the well, you know, the all the comforts of the well, the the, the booze, the, the nice amenities, you know, Brian's charm, but something's better than nothing, you know? Uh, I mean, we all saw your your workout video today of you doing some suicides. Uh, before we got on the air, we heard about you going to raise ice cream as well. I, I do want to say Dylan practically snapped the whole lottery, and there were some shots of you looking a little unflattering around the waistline. So how is the diet going up, down, in between? <laughs> oh, the diet's in great shape. I did take – I. I took the family to raise and did not get any ice cream for myself. So that that's the restraint. So down to uh, 216 this morning and I'll be at about 209 by the time the keg finals go. And that's down from 243. So I'm ready to rock. That That's not bad at all. Uh, how, how's your weight doing Doug, do during the quarantine? I, I, was disapp- I was disappointed how fat I looked on that video today. I was like, God damn, I've lost a lot of weight and I still look fat. But, yeah, that, is, that video. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Doug, uh, the runner slash biker, your your weight and fitness is under control during a time like this. Yeah, I I also went to raise. I just got back from raise and uh, ordered a single that was a double, and I smashed every every piece of it, and it was wonderful. Well, you deserve it. So uh, it was good. Yeah, I, I'm trying to be good. I'm I'm actually down five pounds in the last month during the beginning of the quarantine. Little too much ice cream, a little too many beers, and I've uh, you know, kind of went back on that. Now that's warmed up a little bit, I've uh, I go on my daily three and a half to four mile walk a day. I see Doug every once in a while walking by. Uh, Doug's probably in the top ten of people I've seen in person and talked to in person since the quarantine, and that's probably been three times, four times. Yeah, you've been well behaved then for sure. Yeah, I think your wife is in the top ten too, as I've. Is people seen as well, so kind of pathetic. But uh, anyways, we're trying no, to do. I, I commend, I commend your efforts. Yeah, it's getting a little tiresome, but uh, I think we need to get down to business. People have been saying we need to get a podcast. We're trying the makeshift one. Hopefully, in another two, three weeks, numbers are looking good. Maybe we do get people in the well and actually give another one a try. Plus, obviously, we want to make sure there are um, things to talk about. So we kind of built up a list of stuff, and our first thing on the agenda would be, unfortunately. The spring season has officially been canceled. Uh, Troy, you want to give some details on this? Yeah, I mean, it, it just became a sad reality that I think the earliest possible that we're going to be open is July. Um, we we still need to get the keg finals, which I, you know, I will say I'm sure for the other people in the league, they're not terribly excited about that. But I mean, if the shoe is on the other foot, I mean, you have to have the keg finals. Like even if I wasn't a participant. So by the time you did the keg finals, you were looking at, you know, maybe a one month season for the spring, uh, summer. So it was just kind of like, let's just pull the plug, get it over with, um, and, and move on. It is sad. I, w- I was looking forward to seeing peso in a management role, you know, ha- has been say it ain't peso, you know, it's spring's fun. You know, I like the, I'm overly competitive. Um, but I like kind of the loosey goosey of the spring. So that is kind of a bummer that we missed out on that, but yeah. it was the right decision. I agree. I don't know how else we would have done other things, you know, with having new people coming into the league, trying to finish those finals, you know, it's just that spring season is so short anyways. And I, I don't know how the participation would have been either way of the rinks would have been open. Uh, right. Doug, I don't know. Like I've heard you talk about, you probably don't plan on skating till fall. Is that kind of the case or is numbers looking better for you? Yeah. I I don't know that it was necessarily tied to the numbers. I was definitely initially worried and being very, very cautious. Um, And I was saying that if it was about to be be resuming that I was probably not going to play, 
but I did say that I would play in the fall because I know that eventually um, I'll have to reassimilate with everything and with society and like we all will with our varying comfort levels. But I, uh, I don't know, just one step at a time. If it came back tomorrow and we want, we want to go to the rink, I probably wouldn't want to do it. But by fall, I think my comfort will be there for sure. Yeah. yeah. I've been teasing Piercy on that, but I mean, I just being candid, I mean, everyone's got to make their own decision that they're comfortable with, but the difference between your safety and my, this is just my opinion, but the difference in your safety on June 15th and September 10th is probably going to be minuscule, you know, yep. and numbers are so low right now that it, this could, the summer could possibly be the safest time to play in my opinion, to the, to the extent that this is, you know, seasonal, not that, uh, not that I'm an expert here, but you know, I am concerned about the, I guess to me for October, November, like when we get, we get ramped up and then we're going, everyone's at the rink and then all of a sudden the, you know, the numbers spike, um, that is, that's going to be a little bit concerning, but, uh, I guess we'll just see how it goes and, you know, be flexible. No, 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 not up here. Hey. Yeah. That, that'll be a real interesting thing as we go about just for the fact that, um, Nope. I know some of the colleges are actually planning on doing semesters where they're done by Thanksgiving-ish and they are not going – I think it's Indiana University and they don't plan on starting their winter slash spring semester until February. So, I mean, Fauci recently said maybe the second wave doesn't hit as hard, but that whole – it was sucked essentially starting another season and having to have a break as well. I'd, I'd like to be able to hopefully pick back up and then just kind of go. Yep. So yeah, I agree. So we've had those. Now that we know the finals are going to happen anymore, uh, happen when they pick back up. Do we think that this break has benefited one team or the other more? Doug, you're kind of a neutral party. Let's start with you on that. I don't. I don't really know. Um, I just. I have. I have very few updates. I have updates from uh, Whoop, and I have updates from Troy, and I've seen Dylan now. And I've heard from Dylan, and they're all very active. Whoop looks like a million dollars, not exaggerating. Um, Troy, you look great too. Dylan's, you know, smoking 16 darts in an hour and then going and ripping a 20-mile bike ride. And he's just a wild man. So it's great to see all the vitality. I don't know if it's hurt or helps anybody more than the other, but it's fun to watch, and I love seeing everybody get super active and healthy. Yeah, I think over on the North Star side uh... – Suits, I'm assuming he had time to recover, so I don't know how that him in Hollywood would be. I assume that – was Math going to have surgery before? I don't know how he's feeling, if this time off's made him better as well. Troy, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, from a SEAL's perspective, Whoop is obviously the biggest beneficiary. He's, um, I mean, he was already in – you know, improving just from January to March, but he's, you know, he's lost a shit ton of weight. So no question that's an improvement. The North Stars, we have a, you know, a group text amongst us and everyone's, you know, besides Ty, everyone's been awesome with their fitness. Geo's a machine. I've been doing well. Suits is a machine. Yeah, Suits will be playing. He's healthy. Um, so there's that dynamic. Obviously, we're going to miss Hollywood and we thank him for, his efforts to get us here, but you know, it's always been suits his spot. So we look forward to having him back. Um, and then math is a little bit tricky. Like the time off has definitely helped his knee. Um, Cause he was definitely like, he had stopped playing for the K felt stopped playing for WBW and was only playing on Mondays. So I think it's he'll, I think it's been good for his knee. I don't know, you know, if he's been able to keep up his cardio, um, but, um, and you know, Marvin's been running, so we're North Stars will be ready to go. Looking forward to it, yeah. So, uh, real quick, like to thank uh, Pete for a six month subscription to us as well. Uh, the math thing will be interesting too because I don't know if that'll actually be something where it's helping to heal. I thought he was talking about surgery before, so is it just like a Hopefully it's better than it was, but I'll still have to get fixed in the long term, or if it's something that heals itself. I, I'm not a doctor on that side of things, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I know that he's had multiple surgeries, and he, you know, I, I, I don't want to speak out of school because I don't know for sure. But he's ready to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, like you were saying, Whoop, he's looking slim and trim. He was sending me text messages with pictures of him, and then he's trying to say, "Hey, tell everybody that you think I'm a tenth rounder." Still, I'm just like, 
don't don't start with me on that. You got you got a pretty decent no hockey way. IQ, except for that you couldn't skate worth a damn and you didn't hustle at all. Uh, that's the only thing that was holding <laughs> you back. So if you get a little bit of stamina moving and you know, if, I don't know how much weight he's dropped, but it's, say it's fifty to hundred pounds. That's a lot less weight you're carrying around on the ice to be able to skate faster and longer. Yeah, I think he's down sixty pounds, give or take. So it's impressive. Yeah. That, that is awesome. So um, I'm not going to go to you, Troy, because we know the answer. I don't know if you ever gave an official pick. Who Who is your favorite to win the keg, uh, Doug? I probably should have foreseen that question coming, and I'm not prepared to answer that question. I, I liked the Seals. I don't really have a whole lot of defense for that. Am I rooting for anybody in particular? Not really. I want to see my boy Gio lift that cup for sure. Troy wouldn't be bad either. Love you, buddy. But I don't okay. know. I, my, my, my gut instinct is that the Seals, uh, I think they were going to get it. But we would have, have to see. Wait and see. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move. I think – I don't remember what my pick was before, but I'm going to probably move it over to uh, the North Star – or to the Seals just for the fact that – they wanted R- Ruble in as that uh, sub before. Obviously, he had his mono. I'm assuming he could come back in that sub situation. Apparently, there's a ride over at Troy's house. So, yeah. But uh, I, th- I I think with uh, now having a pick of subs, who knows? Maybe the general will be back. I really doubt that. But I think they'll have more pick of subs. I think everybody will be healthy. And I think Whoop. Now you can stick him up at forward, throw Rubo back at defense. Whoop. We've seen him at forward on the K-Falks. He's actually scored some goals. He's got good hands and good instincts there. I think that could be the, the factor to decide it. And unfortunately for Whoop, that'll probably move him up to a seventh-round keeper as well. I know he'll cry about it, but I'm sure having a second cup will be good enough uh, for that trade-off. Yeah. For the record, um, I don't want to bore everyone, but I think uh, Lapoudre is going to be their sub. Um, you know, Rubel had the mono, so I think they committed to Lapoudre. And, um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. They've been secretive about, you know, whether they're going to play whoop at forward or D or whatever. So I don't really care. It's not going to change what we do. But I do think that they're going to have Matt Lapoudre in. That's what we're expecting. And then um, we're going to be – we're going to have Suits back in, and then we're going to have Edge in for Graham, who's kind of retired from the sport. So um, that's where we're at. But – Look, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be nice when we have like a date to look forward to. I'm kind of anticipating Hazel Park opening, you know, late June. And that's just a guess. But, you know, Whitmer said that, you know, she wants to do the next phase. Rinks, I think, are in the next phase. And she indicated it with this latest one that she wanted to do that before July, July 4th. So I could see Hazel Park opening up like kind of last weekend of June then maybe do like a drop-in skate and then maybe start the finals in, you know, early to mid-July. Yeah, I, I agree on the time frame, you know, with everything that's going on. As long as there's no spikes, obviously, with so far things have looked good the last two days. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the rules are with hockey as far as dressing rooms go and on the bench and just in general. But I guess we'll figure that out as they come closer as well. So uh, moving on to the next subject I had on the list is I'm sure most people know, but maybe they don't. Uh, We had two GMs decide to step down this year. Uh, Mr. Turtle Tim and Serta, they've stepped down. And then Busta moved over to the Whalers uh, to join with Trent to become a GM there. So what what are the thoughts on a Trent-Busta combination? Yeah, I mean, um, I think – Turtle, who we all love, um, was basically non-existent um, in the executive office. Um, he So really, Busta ran that team. Now, when I say ran that team, as far as interfacing with the other GMs, it was Busta by himself. Um, I don't know what Turtle did on a day-to-day you know, basis with the Ducks, but um, Busta is going to be a new father, and he didn't want to have that burden. Plus, the Ducks were a horrible franchise, so he kind of, you know, he, he kind of turned trader, turned code, and went over to Trent. Um, so I think that that's nice. It, it's nice having Busta. You know, he busts my chops, but he's good to have around. So I think he'll be a nice fit with Trent. As we know, like the Trent-Serta combo, we talked about it for years. It just, for whatever reason, never clicked. You know, you kind of had two two of the 
you know, they had no flexibility because they always lose the two of them with their first two picks. So I think Trent's happy to kind of have a true first round draft pick. Um, I think Serta's happy to go back into, you know, the draft and land somewhere else. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. And then we got two new exciting GMs as well. Yeah, I think it'll be good to have two, uh, like essentially a first and second rounder not together in the draft. It gives you no flexibility. Obviously, we've seen that that combo didn't work. Seemed like the Whalers were the favorites going into last year. We kind of had a mediocre season. It's kind of tough when you have those GMs to just have the flexibility even on a trade type of thing. Uh, I believe Trent is going 12 based on our draft lotto. I think that's going to be a steal for him. I think there's a couple guys based on mock drafts that I thought uh, he should probably be a little bit higher, but that's the way it rolls. It's if you say he's not a first rounder, it's kind of you play by the rules. You get lucky sometimes. Maybe other years you don't, but uh, good for them. Doug, what are your thoughts on this new GM combo? I think it's good. I think there's a lot of opportunity. You know, Trent's looking at a new uh, look for his first rounder, like you guys said. And uh, I like I like Busta just with Trent because he could compliment him if they're on the same line. If Trent's up, uh, I I always say I feel like it falls on deaf ears, but Busta with the right line mates is very lethal. Busta with a hot pass from my uh, stick as an opponent, very lethal. So um, I, I, it could work really, really well, and they both have the smarts and the experience. So it's not like it's just one brand new guy joining Trent. Um, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna do well. Yeah, I believe you know everything I heard. It sounded like Busta was a pretty good athlete in high school. You know, you see it in spurts. You see he's got a shot. He can shoot the puck. He can put it where it needs to go. So if you can. If he can get in the right spot and you can feed him, he can score goals. So when you're going with those later round picks, I don't know if he's going to be a ninth or a tenth. There's definitely value there where you, there's not a lot of those guys that are scoring if you put them in the right spot. Yep, for sure. So that moved us over to, like we said, the Ducks dispersed. We were looking for new GMs and... We'll move over to Dougie because Dougie and his partner, Joey Brennan, got the call for the new team. So give us your thoughts on it and tell us about the new team name and how it kind of came about as well. Uh, I'm excited uh, for sure. Um, I've been flirting with the, the idea and like poking at Dreger and Troy specifically for a couple of years and um, really enjoyed last spring when I got a chance to do it too. So um, I put my name in the mix and, uh, um, you know, it was a, a little bit of a process with the the whole election, but um, I'm happy to, to be doing it and especially be, be doing it with Joey as a uh, team of Claussen Canadians, uh, Canadian expatriates. So, um, you know, the hardest thing about the whole process um, actually was choosing the team name. So I, in that uh, ivory tower that I'm now a member of, they were probably really sick of hearing about it because we were him and Han for weeks probably. Because we really wanted to do uh, the Canucks, just obviously the, the just the name by itself, with two Canadian guys at the helm, would have been cool. But they're still technically an act, like an active franchise, and I didn't want to go against the spirit of the naming convention of the league. But I really did like the uniforms too. That late, uh, like mid '90s Pavel Bury black with the golden red details, the flying skate, um, plus all the variables that they had for their uniforms too. I'm like, man, that would be sweet, but. We talked about it a lot, and um, I don't have this weird like knowledge or history of the of the Maroons, but I really like their uniform, uh, and the color is going to be unique no matter what year we're in because it's maroon. And uh, there's a ton of variations we can steal from uh, using the Harvard uh, colors and their uniform designs. So it should be fun, and it's unique. There's definitely a story. I know the Maroons won the cup, like I think in the in the like the 19 teens at some point. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, um, I don't, I don't know about that whole spirit of the team type thing. Cause I, maybe it's just me, but I remember when the North stars moved to Dallas, essentially they just dropped the North and the very little change in the uniform, the mighty ducks, the ducks, yep. like that was kind of, uh, so I think there's in, in my personal opinion, I think there's some people who've kind of broken that spirit or the spirit wasn't fully there as well. So, I don't know. I mean, Ivory Tower, you guys kind of pick the names, agree upon those type as well. I would have, you could have tried to do the whole, if you really didn't like that, you could have tried to do the Jets 
and say we were doing the old Jets. Oh. That was yeah, definitely a possibility. Yeah, I love right? the old. I threw the jet. I threw that out as a possibility. I love the uh, Paul Eisenberg Jets unis. Bob Essenzo. Oh, heck yes. Oh yeah, nice reference. But that's that. It's that royal blue with the. Uh, they have all the variations with the actual plane on it, and that old logo is amazing. I just think it's Timu. I love Timu. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, all those like you were saying, the Canucks back then, the Jets back then. I think it was all from NHL probably 94 <laughs> 95 whatever you like you knew all those guys you kind of had your the place in your heart for all those teams because they were so good back then i think even the sabers were awesome with like lafontaine and uh yep all those Yoli. guys exactly. we're really dating ourselves here boys as three of the senior uh elders of the league some of the other guys are wondering who the hell we're talking about it's a, it's a history lesson for the young people it's actually <laughs> i knew more about hockey probably back then than i do now so uh it's not really saying a lot, but yeah, it's yeah, interesting. I mean, we're not as old as Gib or like Simonelli, but Bronny. Yeah, how, well, holy shit, yeah, he's a fossil. How, how much of the factor of the uniform helped you guys choose it because of just that color as well? I don't know, man. It's I had to like just close that chapter and move on because I think I also was driving Joey nuts. I, I mean, we were texting back and forth, showing each other jerseys, and then. I think the selling point, the, like the, or the tipping point, I should say, uh, actually Trent posted a, a option of the jersey to the uh, Ivory League channel, and it was a just it's just a beautiful, simple jersey. This it's just uh, maroon with a white M the fr- uh, crest on the front and a couple of white stripes on the, on the sleeve, and uh, I, I'm just I just fell in love with it right away. So I I said let's just do that because it's going to be unique. And the other one I forgot to mention that we were super interested in and. I know that uh, Cowboy Cohen is super disappointed that we didn't go with it, and there's a part of my heart that is very disappointed in it too because I think it's the best sweater in hockey history is the Toronto St. Pats. But at the same time, I, I there's there's just hardly any ounce of any of me that can like permit being a Toronto-based team. I, I grew up in Windsor. I'm a Detroit fan. All of my Windsor friends are uh, either a Maple Leaf fan or a Red Wing fan. It's a very heated topic, and I would never be able to face them and say I took a willingly took a St. Pat's jersey on. I don't know the history of it. I mean, that's a cool-looking jersey. I know they wear it once a year. Um, I don't know the history of the, the franchise at all. So other than a sweet jersey, you know, I'm not uh, – Well, that one I did look up. It. It's basically they were catering to the uh, – from what I recall, they were catering to the Irish – population that was very strong at the time in Toronto trying to get them to like be a more rabid fan base and fill the stadium so it was to 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 get them more involved for a brief stint in time so was it was it a whole separate franchise or was it just a version of the Maple Leafs jersey I think it was I think it was actually the Maple Leafs before they were the Maple Leafs gotcha or or maybe as an in-between I'd have to look that up again but it's definitely it was a legit team yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool sweater, no doubt about it. But, uh, yeah, I think yep. I think it's always tough to pick those teammates when you're trying to get colors between all the things, right? Like even though it's against the whole, like you were saying, you want to do the Canucks. I still think the Kings would be a cool one to do, just based on you could oh, do yeah. the, you could do the two purple and gold gold combinations, and you could do like the Gretzky ones as well. They have a lot of different jerseys combinations that would work color scheme wise for the league, which I think would be cool. As long as it's uh-huh. not the variation from this year's outdoor game with those uh, glossy silver helmets that were blinding yeah. to look at. Yes, those were disgusting. But I love the Jimmy Jimmy Carson crown, old school, 80s, 90s, uh, yeah. uh, LA Kings. Marcel oh, yeah. Like I said, you could yeah. essentially be doing – you have the Lakers colors essentially going. It's what they modeled them after, I believe. And you could do a purple. You could do a gold one. You could, you could do the black. You could do the silver, the white. All good combinations. Is it – is it paying homage to the Lakers? I never connected the dot on that. They originally were using the Lakers colors, and then when they, uh, Gretzky came, they moved over to the – when it was the L.A. Raiders colors, they moved over to as well. So they were kind of doing uh, L.A. colors, which is kind of cool. That's what the, that's what the Penguins did. I mean, the, the Penguins, when they broke in, they were kind of that baby blue, um, and then they switched to silver and black to uh, you know kind of align black, with – Well, black silver. and yellow. That's what – right. But yeah, they but they did that to align with the Steelers and the Pirates, and the Pirates. There you go. So yeah, Pittsburgh, all three other major sports teams all have black and yellow or gold or whatever you want to call it. So that is kind of cool as well. So uh, yeah, so 
Now moving on to about players for the upcoming season. We're already moving on to fall. Whoa, even whoa, 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 did I miss whoa, something? Whoa, whoa. Before we move on, we gotta say the trusted voice was this fucking close to being a GM. I just want to know it was razor thin. This guy right here was his number one advocate, you know. And I was this close to getting Pierce in, and we'll get him there sometime. But I don't. We can't just blow past that topic. You know, I thought uh, there were a lot of good candidates, and it was the razor thin. But one of these days, we're going to get the trusted voice in the ivory tower. So just keep keep trucking along. You know, I'm, I'm going to kick Ty to the curb one of these days and just hand the keys over to Piercy. All right, so that's why I, that's why I hesitated on the description. I was trying to be diplomatic, Troy. I'll give the real real deal story here. I filled out my application and I said I would like to be a GM. And the second question was. If, if yes, who are your chosen candidates? And I put, I would be happy to do it with either Joe or Piercy. And so then there was a, a vote and, and basically it came down to, to the numbers. And, you know, yes, it was it would have been great as, to do, do it with either one of them. But, um, Piercy, I hope you get one in the future. And I hey, wish you the best of luck, buddy. It's all good. I don't want to make a... I'm mad about it, anything like that. I still enjoy the league. I still have fun. Obviously, I would have liked to do it, but you and Joey, I consider my boys. I think you both did a good job in the spring. If it's going to be guy, if it's not going to be me, you are probably my two top guys, Clawson guys as well. So I'm happy for you guys, and it's something I don't think you need to need to make a big deal on something like the podcast about. So, but I, I appreciate it. It was. I mean, it's fun. There, it's it's a tricky deal because it's not, and then we'll move past it, but. It's like there's more good candidates than spots available. Like, and guys that I really didn't even think had an interest, like a like a Crunk and a Weaver. Like, um, those guys would have been great too, you know. And then Sukas and Wright. So it's like there's lots of good choices, and it's kind of a bummer because you kind of want everyone to have that opportunity. So as much as I love being a GM, I'm you know, and I love the North Stars, and I got to get a keg first. But at some point, you know, I'll step aside so that someone else has an opportunity to, to do it as well because it is fun you know oh god i could see you in the draft player pool weakness <laughs> try to tries to take over your team <laughs> so guilty yeah. charge what can you do you know <laughs> so let's uh let's move on to the player pool so sounds like we have some guys that aren't coming back next year unfortunately do you, uh, you want to give us a little rundown of that troy yeah, I mean, you got. If, if I miss anybody, let me know. But um, I mean, obviously, we had Slocum leave. You know, during the during the year for a, a job down south. You know, McCracken's been MIA for two years in a row, but he pay you know pays his money and then doesn't show up. But he's officially done. Um, Graham, my buddy, you know, real you know, just disappointing. Um, he was just never able to work out the logistics of it to show up consistently, and that doesn't look to get any better in the future. So he's a one and done. Um, your cousin D Cun is out. Um, that one doesn't, you know, that doesn't really surprise me. I like Darren. I did everything within my power to just try to like get some enthusiasm going and he's a really nice guy. And when he's there, he has a good time, but he just, you know, he's just, he just, you can tell he just doesn't love it, you know? So, um, he pulled the plug and then the spicy tendy, unfortunately, it sounds like he got called back to duty. I think he reports back in September, October, you know, so he's out. And, um, am I missing anybody? Oh, Sam Maki had the injury, so he won't be back. Um, at least not for next year. So I think those are the guys that are out. Um, and then to replace them, you know, we, we, we offered invitations to anybody who had been in the league previously. Um, so we, we sent out a re-invitation to Wilkie, who accepted. Um, Gumma, nice. Gumma, who was a, you know, part-time sub this year, accepted, you know, a full spot. And um, and then we offered a spot to Hale. He still he, – Hale did not accept. We offered a spot to Belasia. He did not accept. And I think that's about it. I might be – I don't know if I'm missing anyone. No ace? Excuse me? Mr. Cherry Pecora. I, I we actually did not. I didn't even think. Well, Pecora has been out for so long. Um, we I didn't think of him. So, um, and you, I, we went through the list earlier. So if I'm missing anybody, you know, my apologies. But we are gonna. It looks like we probably will have 
you know, one to two spots open, and then we'll go through that process. What about Hollywood? Did he get an invite based on uh, him subbing? Hollywood has an invite, and he is a he's a tentative yes. So I, I mean, my mock drafts include him. I think I'm going to be able to, you know, he wants to. It's just uh, obviously he has um, he has three children as well, and he plays hockey multiple nights a week. So it's just it's it's not a want to. It's just you know he doesn't want to commit and then be one of these guys that doesn't show up. So, but I think in the end, you know, he'll he'll be in the league. Then correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, obviously Hedis, we already said, unfortunately isn't playing. We have another person that we're we're losing another goalie, I guess, at least. Yeah. So yeah, the goal. I mean, these these goalies, you know, you know, can't can't be content in the pipes, you know. Um, but uh, J Flow, you know, who's been just a great goalie for the league, you know, he shows up every week. Great goalie, Mister Consistency, but he wants to skate out, so. Um, we said if we could find another goalie, we'd give him that chance. So Antioch has a, another a buddy to take JFO's spot to allow him to skate out. And then Cone is in, in charge of um, finding replacement goalies. And I think he has four or five guys that are interested, and we're just trying to wait for the rinks to open up so that we can get them out on the ice and take a look at them. Hey, but it's, got- possible that, it's possible that Cone is skating out as well and JFO is skating out and Hedis leaving. So the goalie, the goalie situation could look a lot different next year. Sounds like a perfect opportunity in uh, 2021 to expand to that eighth team. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of scary. Bringing on the new goalies, like no goalies, no league, you know, so it's a little scary, you know, it, and obviously it would be hypocritical of me to tell Cone and J-Flow, you know, stay in the pipes. Um, so I'm not going to do that. But anytime you get new guys, it's like, you know, it's scary because they could flake out. Like goalies seem to have a pretty high flake out percentage. Like we had a Swan Tech, you know, he started, he flaked out. We had that goalie Ronnie, you know, he flaked out. Um, so we've had um, leader, you know, he, you know, he didn't flake out during the year, but you know, he kind of bailed. Um, so it's it would be a little nerve wracking to go in with like three or four new goalies, and then like you know, we get a month into it, they have no kind of commitment to the league. It's not like they pay any money, and they just not just not feeling it. And then they're just like, eh, I'm out of here, you know? So it's a little scary. So it sounds like we're going to have two, possibly three goalies. If Hedis and uh, J flow are not at all. And then possibly cone, uh, Doug being a rookie GM, that's gotta be kind of nerve wracking. And how do you approach that with like three possible goalies you've never seen before? Oh, it's nerve wracking for sure. And my pick is uh, number four, so I'm like, I'm like, or maybe not because of the way uh, Troy. You're going to talk about this in a little bit, I think. But with the way that we think it's going to play out, I still have the ability to pick a known commodity. But if I was at the fifth pick, that does get scary pretty quickly to roll the dice on a on a goalie for the season that you might have seen once in a raid skate. So it's it's. I think we're all in that in that same boat for like. There's a there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, and I remember – well, last year I remember Dylan being an unknown. He subbed for the Worms a couple times. I said I liked how he was playing for how long ago he – you know, he said he didn't play for a couple of years. He showed a lot of potential. So, But that's always the thing. You get a guy in, he looks like he has a decent game, and then he kind of comes to his normal self. It's, it's a scary notion right there. For sure. Yeah. So the one – Antioch – we have one goalie committed, and Antioch's buddy – and he seems to be like a known commodity, not to me, but, um, and just having the lotto, there's, you know, um, I'm not that concerned about it because I think, um, unless he just turns out to be a complete stud better than everybody, but Antioch, who seems to be a trustworthy fellow, fellow, you know, claims that that's not true, but you have, they, the Americans got the number two goalie draft position. So the Whalers have the first pick. I assume that they're probably going to take Dylan. That would be my guess. Dylan, maybe Cam, I guess, but um, and then Antioch's going to have the number two pick, um, so he's going to take his buddy, you know, and then and then the Nordiques have the three pick, and so if that if Cones and Net, then there's no selection there, and then I think it's the um, the Maroons with the fourth pick, and that's when it gets interesting because then it's like, do you take like a Cam who you know, or do you take a chance on one of these new guys? So that you don't know, so it'll be interesting, and then we still have Riley and Ryan Z. Who I think will probably end up in you know the last two taken. 
Yeah, and it's an interesting thing if Kona has a couple options. It's it's always nice to have those goalies, uh, you know, back up to, you know, either as subs or just to know just in case for the future, as always, because you can never have enough goalies, as we know, because they always want to become skaters. Correct. So that'll be interesting. I, I don't know if there's any interest from Leader about coming back as well. He did skate for the Worms uh, on Fridays last year. Yeah, we reached out to him and we, we gave him the option, but he just, with work, you know, I think he wakes up at 5 a.m. on Tuesdays for work. So that was always the, the sticking point with him. Ah, fair enough. So as we also talked about, um, we did have the draft lottery uh, as of yesterday uh, over at Mr. Skillman's house. It looked like we had a good amount of the GMs. I think it sounded like Cam was there. Was McShannock there? McShannock was not there. So every team was um, represented with the, at least one GM. Um, who, had the, who had the salmon shorts on? That could have been Whoop. Oh, I wow. Yeah, he, was, he was looking really good then. I, it was like a back shot of it, and I thought it was McShannock. Yeah, so we had Whoop, was, Whoop and Shawnee were both there for the Seals. Both the Maroons were there. Both Americans were there. Trent was there for the Whalers. Me and Ty were there. Um Trent, uh, Trent was for the Whalers. I'm missing. Oh, Skillman and Ryan Allen were there. So not sure if I'm. And then as far as non-GMs, you had, um, you know, uh, Dylan and then Cam. So uh, they they asked to crash the party. So I, I let them. Yeah, I, I appreciate the vote uh, or the invite, Troy. But unfortunately, I was uh, just getting done getting a new water uh, heater tank installed in my house. So it wasn't very feasible. It was a. Uh, it wasn't the best surprise waking up Monday without any hot water and seeing that a rusted hole in the bottom of the water tank happened. Yeah, that's what happens with water heaters. When they go, they go, and you got to follow. But it was very nice to, you know, see see everybody. You know, it was just kind of, you know, it was kinda, it was fun. Made you feel like you were on the Labatt Blue party deck a little bit and, uh, you know, anxious to get things going again. You know, everybody misses hockey. There's, there's no doubt about it. So, yeah, so uh, that was a, a fun little teaser. Over to the the lotto. Uh, we did the goalies order, as we said, it was the Whalers, the Americans, the Nordiques, the Maroons, the Seals, the North Stars, and the Tigers. We kind of talked about this a little bit. It's probably Dylan or Cam is that top pick. We'll see if the Americans stay uh, with the buddy as the goalie, or if they'll go skill. I mean, who knows? Maybe this guy's great as well. So you never know there, but. I think that'll be interested, and we'll kind of see how the rest of it falls. Yeah, it's it's tough to have too much of a you know with so many unknowns in the goalie situation. It's tough to have too much debate. I do think I do think uh, you know the Whalers had Cam this year, and they didn't have that much success. Not that it's Cam's fault, but the reality is, you know, I just see Trent probably going a different direction. So I think Dylan is the safe pick. You know, he's going to show up every week. You know, he's going to be great in the locker room. Um, and Cam is as well, but I just think that they want to change things up. If they had won the, if they had had some more success, they'd probably take Cam just to kind of keep the thing. But I think they probably want to shake things up. So I think they'll take Dylan, and I'd be shocked if Antioch didn't take his buddy because I think he is a good goalie, you know, plus he's his pal. And then it'll get interesting after that because we'll see what goalies we have and we'll see who's, you know, who gets picked, you know. And I think Ryan Z and Riley, you know, everyone kind of knows what they are. Um, and they're solid, but I, I think that people will take kind of roll the dice on the new guys because maybe they catch lightning in a bottle and, you know, get, uh, you know, get someone like Dylan to lead the team. Yeah. And ob- obviously you got to get those goalies out there for a few skates, GMs, Doug, Joey, that's going to be crucial for you guys, especially if, uh, you know, depending what happens with Cone, you know, if Cone is playing goalie, you kind of know what you're going to get possibly in that cam pick if not it turns into a big wild card for you totally and you can't in my opinion overreact to what you see in that rate skate so if somebody's just looking like they're on fire and stopping everything i don't know i still don't know that i'll be sold it they'd have to be looking amazing for me to to choose them over a known commodity yeah because uh, i've i've seen both i mean i remember when ryan z came into our league I, he was he was lighting in a bottle for us in the Whalers. He just carried us. Uh, maybe that was the Ducks, actually. Ducks. It was the Ducks. Um, and he was amazing for that stretch. He, he turned our team around. 
and I've seen Riley play amazing too. And I've been on a team where he was playing great. So I, I, I don't have a problem with any of those guys on my team personally. Maybe this is going to be a spicy thing where I get to maybe uh, talk to Joey and try to make a goalie deal. If somebody's really hankering for somebody in particular. Tra- tra- trade back to that seventh goalie pick and move up somewhere else in the, the player draft. You never know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the couple things on the goalie, like the losing the cone and J flow. Um, and again, it, they've earned the right to do it, but it's not just the fact that they're great goalies. They're just so damn reliable, you know, like they show up every week, you know, you don't have to worry about like, you know, are they going to make it, you know, they're, they play every week, they sub for other teams, you know, so I'm definitely just going to miss their consistency. Um, real quick on Ryan Z, I, I expect um, I expect Ryan Z to have a much better year this year. He was coming off of knee surgery. I mean, I, exactly. I, literally, I literally think like, you know, he wasn't even healthy until, you know, healthy enough to even play until like the second, third, fourth week of the season. And then he was trying to play with a recovered knee. So I expect him to be back to his old self. So um, it'll be, I'm expecting to have my, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but I expect we have the number six pick. So I think I'll have my choice between Ryan Z and Riley. And if Riley leads us to the keg, which you two don't think that he will, but we're hoping. <laughs> yeah, that's for, coming. I do um, it. But if he takes us to a keg, it's like, how am I not going to, how would I not draft him again? You know, and Riley's another guy. He, now he's a little quieter and he doesn't sub as much for other teams, but Riley shows up every week. He's rock solid. Um, and, and in the locker room, he's just like, after he was such a breath of fresh air of quietness after having spicy pen <laughs> on the team for so long, it was just so nice to have a guy that just shows up, stops the puck. And it. And spicy. So, and I love spicy too. You know, and it's, uh, I love spicy too, but it's just diff- every locker room needs something different. And we had enough, you know, between me, Pete, you know, we had enough talkers that, you know, we, you know, we didn't need, you know, we didn't need the, the we needed a quiet guy. So Riley's been a perfect fit for us. Oh, yeah. I, I bet you can't go wrong with that. Like you said, a lot of times consistency of just people showing up is nice as well. A goalie, especially because finding a goalie sub can be a pain. Even players, though, because I think, I want to say it was the Whalers. Like it was like two months before we had our full lineup ever, and then it was like we probably had our full team like four times all year. So it can be frustrating, especially when you're not used to certain things. If you get that consistency there, it can help your team play better instead of bringing in different subs all the time. Yep. Sure. Question. So as far as the skaters go, uh, in the lottery, we had the order of the Maroons, the Tigers, the Whalers, the North Stars, the Nordiques, the Americans, and the Seals. So the rookies, GMs, come out on top with that top player. Congratulations, Doug. Oh, thank you. I was watching those ping pong balls like a crazy person, man, because it looked like we we're uh, our second ball was going up that chute, but then it stayed out. So our, our dreams come true, and we get the ability to draft the uh, the, 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 the dream maker, Proctor. Rumor has it he's not a big fan of the color maroon, and he's a little uh, hesitant about joining the team. Has he had any uh, – has his agent contacted you all about holdouts? Yeah, any reluctancy was quelled today. I, I sent the maroon's tailor to his place to get the measurements, so things are uh, things are smoothed over already. You made sure there was a nice uh, bottle of bourbon along with that? Yes, exactly. And uh, Massage his shoulders, collarbone a little bit, make sure it's feeling good. He's – He's starting to get his, uh, his 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 mojo back. Good to hear that. Now, Troy, on the other side, I know your dream is crushed that you might not have <laughs> Mr. Charles Mackey on your team this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. Like mentally, um, and everyone knows my my history with benders and that my bender avoidance strategy, but. Mentally, I had kind of like prepared myself. I'm like, okay, well, Proctor, and then we'll have Maki, and I'm going to keep him. I'm not going to trade him. I'm not, and uh, I'm going to get him on a fitness program. I was going to, I had it all, <laughs> I had it all planned out that after I drafted him, I was going to put him on a scale, you know, and that was going to be like day one, you know, like whatever that number was. And then we'd have a different number on, on week one of the season. And then we'd work our way. I had big plans for Charles in my mind, but it, it just it just didn't work out. So after the after the lottery, I sent him a text. I said, "Go eat donuts and pizza." And he he said, "Yep, I'm on it." So 
Let me ask you a question, Troy. You realize you still have a 10th round pick that is going to be before that last pick. You could draft Charles if you really wanted. I could, but I won't. <laughs> that, that, well. that, that's, more than, <laughs> that's more than fair. Uh, no, I could trade. I could trade. We'll see. You know, maybe, maybe, I, maybe Dougie throws in a little something. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, there's, there's possibilities galore. I love C. Maki. He was a part of the Spitfires winning organization. Oh, Maki's like the best bender of all time because he's just so sexy and so charming and so nice and, you know, yeah, the man. great guy to around. So. Who doesn't like that giggle in the locker room? You tell a bad <laughs> yeah. joke, he laughs every time. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Like my scouting report says, he's a positive locker room guy, slack guy, negative. He likes cats. So. Yeah. Yeah. I do think um, as far as the actual lotto, I think there, there's a few different decision points. Um, and a lot of this will be determined. Matt, Ta- little breaking news. So Matt Taylor, I had sent a text message to the Taylor brothers just to confirm if they were going to be in. So Matt Taylor's confirmed in. So that's, uh, that's one fact. So I think the first real interesting pick is the Tigers. They're sitting at number two, just like last year. Proctor's going to be off the board, and do they do they roll with Matt Taylor again, or do they go with Fister? I mean, Fister was is super productive. You get the Uncle Fister bonus, so that's going to be the first very interesting pick to see if they go Matt Taylor again or if they go with Fister. And Skillman, you know, the Tigers are so annoying. They're they're so close to the vest. It's like I'm all in favor of being close to the vest when it, when there's a reason for it, but it, there's no reason. It's like, we know the Marine, you get to pick whoever you want. So it's like, it's not going to change anyone's preparation. It's like the whalers are going to take whoever you don't take. So it'll be interesting um, to see that's, that's the first really interesting pick in the first round for me. Well, and um, then you look at it, the whalers are up next. They'll take the other guy. And then exactly. if, you, if you say Fister and Trent, with the with the number one goalie they want, or if you say, Fis or Tra- Matt Taylor and Trent with that goalie, that's already a nice setup right there. Yeah, no, the the Whalers, you know, we'll see. I mean, they're set up to succeed. I mean, I don't know. We'll see if they can fuck it up like they do every year, but uh, they're going to be in a real nice spot because they're going to have a marquee player, then Trent, a marquee player in the second round, and then they're going to have a marquee goalie. So no excuses out of Whalers camp this year. Now has this is a this wasn't on the agenda, but kind of got brought up in chat. Um, how close are we into locking in uh, draft statuses for GMs? That's going on as we speak. Um, some of the you know some of the GMs are not hard decisions. Um, just the way it, the way it works out, but the where it gets trickier are when you get to the end, like the the ends because. Like Dougie and Brennan, there's a lot of, you know, speculation because, you know, the difference between a fifth round and a sixth round is, you know, 14 spots, you know. So like some guys, you know, if you're the last pick of the, the you know, whatever, for Dougie, it would be the first pick of the fifth round or the last pick of the sixth round. I mean, that's a huge difference. And then same thing with Brennan. We, with, with Brennan, we're debating either – the first pick of the seventh round or the last pick of the eighth round. So it's a big bandwidth. Um, so it's, it's tricky. And then, um, but we're, we're, we're closing in on it. We're going to ask some for some input from some unbiased sources to land on it, but you know, we'll figure it out. So they're not locked to answer your question. They're not locked in yet. Um, but some of the, but some of them are. are Specifically, let's talk about your keeper position. What round do you think I should be teaching them on? I mean, you're a top 10 scorer, so uh, I don't know, fourth? I'm probably going to land in the fifth round is what what it's going to look like. And that puts me with, um, you know, the bronze titles, the – I don't know who else is around me. But fourth round would mean I'm getting drafted above Peso, the Dave P. It's like, I mean, I'm better than those guys, but they're just way better skaters, you know, so – I think fifth round. I think I think fifth round is appropriate for me. I mean, and we've seen your cardio level in that suicide sprint today. Obviously, it's it still needs a little bit of work. Even though I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, I was impressed by some of those runs that you posted. Though I couldn't do those. 
Yeah, just hey, brick by brick, you know. But yeah, so mine, mine's not really um, up for debate too much. I'm um, I'm more advocating for Ty, you know. And again, it's well, the, tw- just, the Twitch audience wanted to know about your draft round for the record. That yeah, I think in the mock us. that I I think in the mock that I circulated this morning, I was a sixth round. I don't think that that's going to stay. I think I'll be bumped up to a fifth. Now, Doug, over on your guys' side, that is a tricky thing. Like uh, he was saying, like the first pick in the seventh round for Joe or your last in the eighth, like last in the eighth is probably low for him, but seventh is, no offense, first pick in the seventh is probably really high. Like are you guys considering of maybe splitting the difference on like one's the higher spot, one's the lower? Or like how are you going about this, like debating these positions and trying to fight for what's best for your team? Yeah, it's it's a big swing because of where we are with the snake draft, right? And um, I didn't have uh, enough time today to do an actual mock and, and lay out what the differences would be. But um, there's a lot of suggestions that whatever it is, we need to come to a middle ground. So if if I'm bumped up to um, a fifth, then he's called an eighth. Or if I'm left as a sixth, that he's called a seventh to some sort of a middle ground between the two. Just because if you add up, I don't know if I'm thinking this through right, uh, Troy, because again, I haven't laid it out yet. But if that is a, a net difference of between the two because of the swing of the, of the snake, about 20, 28 picks, that's a lot. Yeah. If you're talking about switching around the, the, the picks like that. So I get it. I'm not trying to be uh, sleazy about it. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's super tricky for sure. And um, the other thing is, too, is that in, 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 in full transparency, I was trying to go out as a forward this year. I had started to do it in a lot of the spring skates, and I joined uh, the, the Troy Sting like Senior Men's League and was skating as a forward with those guys, and I was just loving it. Just I, You guys know I have a lot of energy and just skating like crazy up and down the ice. Um, and I was actually getting a, a little bit of production with it. So um, I was going to try to try to do that this year, and I haven't really nailed that down with Joey yet in terms of what we want to do with the team. Um, and I don't know if it's going to come down to like actually making a decision while we're in the midst of the draft to say – all right, shit. We've got no defensemen, so hey, I'm staying back. That's totally fine by me too. But yeah, when it, it comes, would have been cool to go up as a forward. When it comes to keeper value, I would suggest fighting for you being a six and Joey maybe being a seventh because you're probably going to get more value out of that fifth round pick than the other rounds. So the earlier rounds are probably more valuable. So if you got to give one way or the other, make yourself a later pick and Joey an earlier pick. Yeah. And yeah. one one thing that I'd like to point out that some people get lost in the shuffles that they see they they look at just one of the GMs. I advocate and and I think it's the right approach. I think you have to look at both both GMs. And this is what I said today. Like in an ideal world, just the way it works that you have your GM, you know, right at perfect at perfect value. You know, they get they get assigned right where they should. But reality doesn't work out that way because of the snake draft and just the the way it works. And I, I, I just don't think it's fair for a team to get like above average value for both of their picks, you know? And so if one, so if you get like, like Trent, for example, you know, he's pretty good value in, in the, in the second round. Um, so if Busta was on, if kind of like hemming and hawing, whether he should be a ninth or a 10th or an eighth or a ninth, you know, you don't want to get the benefit of the doubt twice, you know? Um, and so that's, that's my whole, so a lot of these with Doug and, and most people try to be fair about it. And, um, but I think you need to look, look at both of them, like Skillman, for example, like he, he gets, he gets in like the very end of the fourth round. And I, I think that's really good value for him. Um, but he, if you put him in the third round, I mean, then, then that's just, you can't put him in the, you can't put him in the early third. So the, the late fourth makes sense, but then you could make a case for Ryan Allen being, you know, a little bit lower, but it's like skill, you, you can't get great value with both of your picks. So I think you have to look at them, you know, at, at, at both and, and try to make it fair. I will say though, that being new to the uh, ivory tower and a part of this discussion is very captivating. Even though I'm participating, to just sit back and watch this unfold is—it's incredible. There's there's a, 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 a large spectrum of opinions, and Skillman tried to collect them and assemble them today, and 
there was a, a decent amount of alignment, but there's a couple that are still very polarizing. I definitely understand that the Maroons in particular, uh, a hot topic and, uh, whoop is also a hot topic, um, for good reason because he's transformed himself and, uh, yeah, there's a lot to still nail out for sure. Yeah, like I said before, is uh, Whoop has definitely been trying to do some campaigning. So if people come for you know outside views, trying to campaign to say, oh, like, yeah? "Hey, if they come to you, will you tell them this?" And I'm like, "No." Whoop, Whoop's not even a discussion. His his round is like. But my point is, is that it's not anybody's fault. Like it's not, it's not. There's no right answer for for because I think with Doug in particular, like I don't think if he's assigned the fifth round and he's the first pick of the fifth round, I don't think that that's right. Okay. But if he's assigned the last pick of the sixth round, that's not right either. Cause he would probably, if he were in the live draft, he would probably go somewhere in like the late fifth to early sixth, you know? So it's not Doug's fault that it's just the way that the lottery played out. So you're trying to just do the best that you can. And it's not, you know, it's not an exact yeah. sign. And I, I if totally... you look at me ne- next to uh, Eric Lepoudre, like, come on, man. That's just, in terms of, uh, especially side-by-side defenseman comparisons, there's no comparison there. And I'm not just trying to be modest. Like, there's no way that I even hold a candle to what he does on the defensive end. I have zero shot. And I have very, very, just, like, I'm a newfound defenseman. I've only been doing it for a few years. He's clearly been doing it for a long time. He knows where to be. His instincts are great. So when I see my name next to him, just because of where I'm landing in the draft, it does feel a little bit weird. But we'll find a way to make it work. And I, again, I'm not. Neither Joe or I are trying to be sleazy about it. We're trying to be fair and uh, end up at a um, a good spot for everybody. I agree. And, and and I don't disagree with maybe like as defenseman to defenseman. But on the flip side of that, you, and you'll learn this going through, and you know from being a spring GM, it's nice to have guys on your roster that have some flexibility. So oh, yeah. Eric Mudre has no flexibility. You know, you cannot put him at forward. And yourself, it's like, you know, maybe defense to defense, you might take Eric Mudre over yourself. But if you need someone to play grind line center and log a lot of ice time, you know, you can do that. You could go, you can put yourself at center on the second line and Eric Mudre is not going to be able to do that. So. I, I've seen Eric play forward before. He's not a fan and he does not want to do it. We've had game, we have had games with the K Falks where we got up. Surprisingly, the newer K Falks we got up pretty big, and it's like Jer- Drager was like, "Got to switch up the lines. You're moving forward." Like two shifts later, him and Peso sneak back to their normal positions. He's like, "Nope, easy." Exactly. Yeah. The other the other thing to and trust me, I'm you know, I'm engaged, but sometimes you need to take a step back um, and just realize it. It really isn't that. Like, for example, like, let's just talk about Ty because that's been a hot button issue for me. You know, whereas Whoop has transformed his body one way, like Ty's in, you know, horrific shape. So if he's locked in, so if he's locked in as a ninth round pick, you know, then I'm forced to take Ty and guys like um, Weaver and Gumma are going to get drafted or Gib. Some one of these players just by doing the mock are going to get drafted after him. And there's no other GM in there. You can't tell me that with a straight face that another GM would draft Ty over Weaver. You know, he just wouldn't. So I think, I think Ty fits more in the, the, but so my point with just Ty, I think in the ninth round, he's not good value at all for our particular draft slot. But in the 10th round, he's good value because I'm, because I'm, because he's just of where he's at in the 10th round. And it's the same thing for Skillman in the, in the fourth round. Like he's in a cluster. I think Skillman's in a cluster of the Dave P's, the Kimmels, the Pesos. If he was in the open draft, I think Skillman is kind of in that cluster of players. Um, and, he, and just by the luck of the lottery, he gets to draft himself at the end of that cluster. Whereas if he had, if they had pulled, like, let's just say they had pulled the number six slot. Okay. Then Skillman would probably be, be drafted at the beginning of that cluster, you know, of those players. To be fair, you sent me a list of 14 guys today in a message yeah. saying, can you rank these guys for me? Essentially, yep. it would and be ninth and tenth rounds. I had yep. Ty ninth on that list, which for my which count, which is six, which would be the first pick in the tenth round. No, do your math again, buddy. 
One, two. That would be the second pick in the tenth round. Ah, I have one, two. Oh, there's seven teams. Never mind. Yeah, second. But that is a case there. He's a he's borderline between nine and ten. Then exactly. That's I'm not arguing. Ty is a borderline player. But if I draft him in the but just using your rankings, if I get him in the tenth round, I'm getting value by two two picks of value. Correct. If I get him in the ninth round. He's. I'm drafting him four to five spots low, you know, past his value. So it's he's closer to he's closer to my draft position in the tenth than the ninth by your own analysis. Yeah, I would say though that that range is pretty darn tight though. So it's kind of a coin and, flip and, either way. And that was my next. That was my next point is that when you step back from this, if Ty's in the ninth round, I'm getting Ty and a Vanandi. Right. If ties in the tenth round, I'm getting a weaver and a tie. So it's really not that. It's it's a big deal, but it's not a huge deal. You know, you're going to get similar type players. Yeah, I agree. So uh, that's all the topics that I have for tonight. Does anybody else have anything? Not me. I'll take that as a no. So. Yeah, I mean, we got back. I don't know how often currently we'll be having podcasts just because I don't know how much news or how much there is to, to talk about. But, uh, you know, we gather some more topics. We'll, you know, maybe the next one will be in person. Who knows? I do want to say one more thing just for the just for the people. So obviously the timeline of these things, it's all um, it's all contingent on, you know, what the governor allows things to do, um, the world not ending, everything like that. But um, I think the plan subject to demand is let's just say hypothetically the rink opens up, you know, let's just say July 10th or whatever, whatever that, whatever the first Monday is after 4th of July. I think what we will do is just rent out the ice for the remainder of the summer for nine o'clock and 10 o'clock. And then We'll do some drop-in skates. We'll finish the keg finals. We'll do drop-in skate evaluation skates. Because I think there's going to be, a, I could be wrong, but I think there's going to be a pent-up demand for people to, you know, skate, you know, even if it's a drop-in type situation. Um, and then we're going to try to have the draft in, you know, mid-July so that we can get the, you know, the, the jerseys ordered. And, you know, maybe we'll do some preseason games in August like we've, we've done historically. But I do think that we're, when the ice is available, I think we're going to rent, you know, the 9 o'clock and the 10 o'clock sheets through, you know, July and August. And all of this is tentative, 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 subject to change, of I would say, based on timeline, would we ever consider trying to get an evaluation skate or two in before the finals? Because if we needed to get those jersey orders in, it could be kind no, of time frame wise, could be that, tough. That's exactly that's exactly my point is that we will have the finals will be played at nine o'clock and then we will have drop in slash evaluations at oh. ten o'clock. That's where we would rent the sheet for both for both. And then once we have the draft, then historically what we've done is, you know, we've done preseason games, you know, um, four teams per night. So um and, and I think that, that I'm I'm assuming that there's gonna be a pretty uh, I think the guys are going to want to skate. I, I could be wrong about that. Um, I know maybe there might be some apprehension, but um, that that that's the kind of the tentative game plan. Sounds good. We can only, you know, hopefully the numbers still go the, the right direction and things can open up more and we can get some uh, hockey going in the next, I guess, month, maybe a little bit more, yeah. four to five weeks. So sounds like the game plan from the state and hopefully it'll stay and, you know, then we'll have to look at what the rink says the rules are and try to follow it the best we can and go from yeah. there. The only thing that would really, I'm hoping that it's obviously not going to be no holds barred once it's open. So there's going to be some restrictions. I hope those restrictions allow us to play games. You know, I, I, because there could be something, you know, only five people on the ice or something like that. So I'm sure, I'm sure at a minimum there's going to be, you know, extra time in between games and, you know, each team takes up two locker rooms. Um, they have to exit the building before them. I, I, these are just some of the regulations I've, I've read from other states. And, you know, so there's going to be something. But I hope that we're allowed to, you know, have 20 people on the ice 
um, or excuse me, 10, 20, 20 people in the rink and 10 people on the ice so we can actually play games. But it's just wait and see, and we'll be prepared for every option. Yeah, I guess, you know, there's nothing we can do about it right now, so we might as well wait till we hear officially what happens instead of, you know, worrying about it and let us bug us until it uh, actually goes down. Yes. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it was nice getting back here. Uh, Doug, Troy, I'd like to thank you for your time as well. Thank you. Always it's nice to see your guys' faces and have a, have a little chat. Next time we're going to be at the well. Maybe. Let's hope so. We'll open some windows, Piercy. We'll see. So, uh, yeah, we are over then. See you later. Good night.